This is Jackson Peterson, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Humboldt, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Coonan. We'll have an update from Whitney Pittman as well. National Corn Grower Association President Tom Haig sat down with Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack Friday during Commodity Classic. Haig, who farms at Eden Valley, Minnesota, thanked Vilsack for his leadership on the Mexico GMO corn issue. It was his strong voice is what uh, helped get USTR pushing because he just says we need to get this pushed, we need to get this done because he's a... Vilsack is for the American farmer, and there's no doubt about it that with him pushing this helped us a lot. Mexico is responsible for 25% of U.S. corn exports. The U.S. Trade Representative's office is calling for formal negotiations with Mexico on that proposed ban. That kicked off a 30-day window for a response. That's now the Mexican government has to decide which way they want to go. Are they going to start accepting our scientific data that's in the U.S. MCA, or are they going to want to go to a lawsuit? So that, uh, that that's kind of putting the, the ball right out there in front and say, now, Mexicans, or Mexico government, do you want to, how, how do you want to handle this? So, and then with having Canada come in, it's, it's, and you saying you have to use the scientific data according to the USMCA, that's also a big help for us. Important crop insurance deadlines coming up this week. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Wednesday is the final day to elect crop insurance coverage for this growing season. USDA Risk Management Agency Administrator Marsha Bunger says coverage options may also matter to lenders. We all know how vital crop insurance is to our operations. I'm a farmer in southeastern South Dakota. It's been a cornerstone of our operation and it's not only important to the farming operation to make sure that we can succeed into the next year, but it's an important to our lender. Our lender is always asking, do you have crop insurance? What's your level of coverage? Every operation is different, so not only is it important to get with your crop insurance agent by the deadline, but it's also good to have a conversation with your lender and to have him understand what your goals are, and he then also then can be there to help support you and I think also provide some great advice. Bunger also says she looks forward to providing technical assistance to lawmakers as they work toward the next farm bill. But she says stakeholders need to continue to have their voices heard. We hear over and over and over again from producers, from the Hill, from everyone, don't harm crop insurance. RMA is standing by with the upcoming farm bill to provide technical assistance to our lawmakers as they begin to look at maybe different ways to change, improve, revise crop insurance. And we are standing by to assist in those bills that are written with technical support. And so I would encourage, though, as a producer, as a stakeholder, that you continue to voice your support to your congressional staff, um, to your leaders, so that they can hear you and what you want. I'm Whitney Pittman, reporting agriculture's business on the Red River Farm Network. The Black Sea Grain Initiative expires on Saturday. United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres and Ukraine President Volodymyr Zelensky are calling for an extension of this deal. The UN leader said the availability of this grain corridor is needed for global food security. Russia is threatening to pull out of the deal unless Western sanctions on grain and fertilizer sales are stopped. Ukraine wants more of its ports to be eligible for this export business and a fairer inspection process 
for grain shipments. Brazil and Australia are working on an agricultural trade agreement. Brazil hopes to export pork to Australia, while the Aussies want to sell wheat and barley to the Brazilians. To move forward, the two sides must negotiate lower bilateral trade tariffs through the World Trade Organization. Policy discussions were featured during Commodity Classic. Minnesota Corn Growers Association President Richard Severson was excited to discuss the important policies for his state, including base prices as it pertains to the 2023 Farm Bill and beginning farmers. We all know prices have changed so much uh, in the last couple of years so that uh, the ARC PLC uh, price safety net isn't very relevant anymore. We're also talking about uh, how uh, the FSA uh, treats young farmers, beginning farmers, who don't happen to have a traditional business structure like a sole proprietorship that are getting started farming in LLCs or LLPs um, and how USDA through FSA can help those folks do that. Commodity Classic wrapped up this past Saturday. Record attendance, well over 10,000 people at Commodity Classic in Orlando. This is the Red River Farm Network. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Money flow has been the biggest market mover since USDA's Ag Outlook Forum. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says the Ag Forum started that downward move in the grains. Just haven't really been able to recover from that yet uh, psychologically, but um, actually open interest has gone up on the uh, grains here uh, this week, and that means new selling. So I think you have to be a little careful. Uh, you know, the last in is the first out if this starts to stabilize again and go higher. So not a lot of risk premium in the market. It's going to be up to the demand side of the market. If it starts to show up uh, strong on the uh, feed side, on the uh, ethanol side, and now even on the export side as uh, exports probably pick up a little bit on corn. And the grains do remain range-bound, bouncing off support levels. I think it was really the fact that, uh, you know, the funds are long. Uh, poor reaction to the report, um, but move back down into big support zones on the corn. So we'll see how it goes from here, see if we can add some risk premium back after these oversold conditions. The National Potato Council continues to spend time on Capitol Hill. CEO Cam Quarles says the farm bill is a major priority. On the, on the farm bill, that was one of our key priorities. Uh, as you know, the National Potato Council is one of the founding members of the Specialty Crop Farm Bill Alliance, so that really unifies the entire uh, U.S. fruit and vegetable industry. We, as the Potato Council, concentrated uh, and raised up several priorities that we think are going to provide tremendous value into the future. Research leads that list of priorities. Uh, so that's going to keep us competitive decades into the future, so that's the Specialty Crop Research Initiative and related programs. Uh, the export promotion programs that uh, USDA operates are so important. Once you, once you complete a trade agreement, that opens the door, but then you've got to walk through it. And a lot of those uh, USDA resources, like the Market Access Program, Technical Assistance for Specialty Crops, they, they help keep that door open and build those markets for us. During his address at Commodity Classic, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack touted the use of renewable energy. USDA leader mentioned ethanol, biodiesel, and electric vehicles. You know, I get electric cars. I totally get them. Um, you know, you drive them. If the charge wears out, you pull to the side of the road, you pick up your cell phone, you call for a charge, you get back on the road.
Seriously, what if you're in a plane? <laughs> and it's over a body of water. Sustainable aviation fuel was touted as a $36 billion industry that doesn't exist today. So instead of two or three ways of selling a crop and selling livestock and getting a government payment, you've got an opportunity for a climate smart commodity. You've got an opportunity for an ecosystem service market. You have an opportunity for a bio-based product ingredient. You've got an opportunity for biofuels. You've got an opportunity for renewable energy production. So we're creating new markets. And all of this has been funded to get started by the American Rescue Plan resources, the infrastructure law, and the Inflation Reduction Act. This is a pivotal, historic, transformational moment. The Fertilizer Institute has honored Johnstead Farms of Beltrami, Minnesota, as one of three 4R Advocates of the Year. Andrew Johnstead says the farm switched to strip tillage three years ago. Uh, the reason was we were sick of the wind blowing. Um, we were losing beets to dirt blowing, and we thought there's got to be a better way. And uh, we've moved our farm to 100% strip till on our sugar beet acres. And uh, we've had great success with it. We're really excited about what we're seeing. Uh, we've pretty much eliminated all wind erosion on our strip till fields. Um, we're banding all of our fertilizer on our strip till fields. We like that in our high pH soils. Uh, we're liking what we're seeing in the short term and we're, we're excited about expanding to more acres. The farm was nominated by Environmental Tillage Systems. TDS Fertilizer Fertile was also recognized. This award highlights the right source, rate, time, and placement of fertilizer. David Johnstead was proud to receive this award during Commodity Classic. I'm proud of the boys. It's their idea. It's their game. I'm to the age where I'm backing out. But, uh, yeah, it, it's just a cool honor for us as a farm. And, and we also brought, we have three full-time employees that we brought them along. One brought his wife along, too. Uh, so yeah, it's it's uh, we're trying to build a, a, a culture on our farm, and everybody's included. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Bagley Livestock Auction Company uh, co-owner Billy Bushell says feeder prices have exceeded his expectations for this year, but heifer demand is lacking. We've seen some on the open replacement heifers, uh, but not enough to really, you know, be noticeable in the market price. You know, uh, definitely been some going out almost every week, but not at a huge huge premiums to the feeder cattle. Basically, they've just been trying to kind of keep up. As the, as the heifers get bigger that you need to buy for, for uh, red heifers, that increases your dollars per head. And then, of course, the market being stronger on the feeder end of it, that's jumping up dollars per head. So so the demand for the uh, replacement heifers is just, just barely outpacing the feeder demand. And Bushell says the cattle cycle is lending favor to cow-calf producers. Brazil's president and agriculture minister are both planning a trip to China later this month. Ahead of this trip, China is expected to resume beef imports from Brazil. Trade was suspended last month when an atypical case of BSE was confirmed 
in Brazil. The Farm Service Agency releasing their new simplified direct loan application, which condensed 29 pages down to 13. The loan is geared toward all producers looking for a direct loan from FSA. Application was simplified to help loan applicants access information regarding the application process with the goal to lower the number of incomplete, rejected, or withdrawn applications. USDA has announced the first $29 million in grants to build domestic fertilizer production capacity. The Fertilizer Production Expansion Program is part of the Biden administration's effort to promote competition in agricultural markets. The Agricultural Transportation Working Group has given its support for the Safer Highways and Increased Performance for Interstate Trucking Act. The legislation, which is known by the acronym SHIP-IT, focuses on increasing the number of truck drivers, increasing the produ uh, productivity for haulers. Checking markets, we're on the downside this morning. Minneapolis wheat just a fraction lower, down three quarters of a cent for May at 823 and three quarters. Chicago wheat for May down seven cents. Hard red winter wheat, same contract, down seven and a half. May corn, six and three quarter down, six ten and a half. New crop, three and a quarter lower. Soybeans May two and a half down fifteen oh four and a half. November down four cents at thirteen fifty-three and a half. As we check in on the farm calendar, NDSU planter test stand schedule underway for sugar beet growers. Uh, they're at Ada today at Valley United and also at uh, Fisher at the uh, Steve Williams farm shop. Minnesota Grain and Feed Association has its annual convention going on uh, starting this afternoon with their board meetings and then uh, kicking off uh, uh, for in, in totality tomorrow and on Wednesday. That meeting is taking place in St. Cloud. And NDSU Extension has webinars for junior beef producers. Their next one is coming up tomorrow night, 6.30 p.m. They're talking nutrition issues. Have yourself a great Monday. This is the Red River Farm Network.